Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm... Wait, am I the straight-laced psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist. No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning. You are listening to Holding Ground. I am Laura Richer, a licensed psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And I am here with my lovely co-host, another licensed psychotherapist and a therapist at Anchor Light, Michelle Mooney. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Laura. Good morning to our listeners. It's great to be back after Labor Day weekend. We hope you enjoyed our encore of Summer of Acceptance. Yes. But now we're back with something new in our uh, Toxic Relationship series. Yes. So we're continuing our series on toxic relationships. So far, we have addressed toxic family relationships, toxic work relationships. And today we're going to be talking about the most important relationship you have in your life. Okay. Which is your relationship with yourself. Yes. And sometimes we can even have toxic relationships with ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, I think that's the most important one, right? Yeah. So today we are going to focus on how to have a really healthy relationship with yourself. Maybe start to identify some of the things that you might be doing that aren't so healthy. Mm-hmm. And and that's the root of all your relationships, right, is the relationship yeah. you're having with yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, Laura, let's just start with what a toxic relationship is in general. Let's kind of review that. So I would say that in general, a relationship that is toxic is just one that makes you not feel good. And so we don't have to blame other people or or even ourselves and, and say, I'm a bad person because I have some bad habits. But it just if you're if you have practices that are making you feel bad about yourself, that's probably toxic. It's mm-hmm. not you know, it's not in your best interest. Um, also, any relationship that is not affirming that you consistently have negative experiences. Um, and again, like I said, it doesn't mean that the people around you are bad people. There just could be for whatever reason. It's not a good dynamic. And so, Michelle, tell our listeners, how is it even possible to have a toxic relationship with yourself? So we, we all get having toxic relationships mm-hmm. with certain people that we have difficult dynamics with. But what does it look like when you have a toxic relationship with yourself? Yeah. Well, first of all, all rela- relationships are a reflection of the relationship of yourself, right? If you're having an internal experience, you're probably having that outwardly as well. So if you're not, if you are making yourself feel badly, then you're really having a toxic relationship with yourself. And that can go into our number one thing that creates a toxic relationship for ourselves is the stories that we're telling ourselves. So I'm bad, I'm unworthy. And we talk about that a lot, right? But it's so toxic because that becomes part of our being, really. Yeah. And and people believe these stories to varying degrees. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times I will have, when I'm working with a client who has a really negative self-image and we're trying to help them reframe that or change that, that they will say, no, but the stories that I'm telling myself, they are true. I I don't have a good relationship. I am physically undesirable in some sort of way. My finances really aren't very good. You know, whatever the story is that they're telling themselves about, you know, why they aren't good enough, essentially, mm-hmm. 
you know, sometimes that could be rooted in fact. It could be that that your finances aren't in a great place. Yeah. You. I mean, that can definitely yeah. be true, right? You yeah. can definitely be in a poor relationship. But yeah. for some reason, we're doing those things to ourselves, mm-hmm. essentially. And that's where the toxicity comes in. Right. Because we, we're actually, our minds are always looking for what we believe to be true, which means mm-hmm. we are always creating what we see as, as reality. So mm-hmm. if I have a belief that I'm not good enough and therefore I'm not going to have good relationships, mm-hmm. there's a really good chance that I won't have good relationships. So in order to shift that, first of all, I have to shift internally mm-hmm. my belief system. Right. Because like I said, we're always creating what we believe is is the truth. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, too, that sometimes we know logically. We can say, okay, I'm not that bad of a person. But it's our emotional side of our brain that's, you know, kind of like, hey, Laura, no, you're not, right? There's something wrong here. Um, And that can be really tricky. So sussing that out with clients um, is really important. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it, like I said, is so deeply ingrained into our mindset. Sometimes we just see it as reality and not as something that could be negative mm-hmm. um yeah. and and it really it, it, it will affect every aspect of your life if you don't feel good about yourself it's going to affect your relationships with family loved one you know romantic mm-hmm. relationships it's going to probably impact your job performance mm-hmm. you might find yourself stuck in a job that you don't really want to be in but you believe you can't do anything better than that mm-hmm. or you might accept being mistreated because you don't believe you deserve anything more right absolutely yeah. absolutely but this is a lot of what we do in therapy is we help people develop a healthy relationship with themselves. And Michelle, our EMDR expert, mm-hmm. does a lot about in EMDR therapy about addressing negative beliefs. So we talk about EMDR to help process trauma, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And negative beliefs are often born out of trauma, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So if we have an environment growing up or in, you know, young adult relationships that really inform and maybe sometimes even re- reinforce those negative thoughts about ourselves because let's say you're in an environment where you're constantly neglected, um, you're going to develop negative self-beliefs of I don't deserve to be cared for. I have to do everything myself or else it won't be done. So those are some things that can come out of traumatic experiences. And in when doing... <clears throat> EMDR, um, we kind of focus first for like, okay, what are all your negative self-beliefs? Because they came from somewhere, right? So we want to go all the way back to where the client just first learned those, right? So um, I just had a client recently that she went on a vacation and she remembers very distinctly that she got separated from her family and she felt very lost and alone. And then immediately in her brain is like, okay, I have to figure out how to survive for myself. And so we processed that memory and we kind of integrated some positive experiences. And um, it was really helpful. It was really great to watch her kind of dissolve that negative self-belief. So how did that show up in her life that she Mm -hmm. had developed this belief that she had to she was in survival mode that she Mm -hmm. could only fend for herself in her later in her adult life how did that manifest um very toxic relationships Mm -hmm. very accepting of toxic relationships kind of clinging on to any relationship where you do feel at times love and appreciation and you hear good things but then the other side of it can be very ugly so maybe you're being put down maybe you're actually being physically abused in some sort of way and you stick with it um, and that's where it developed later in life for her. Okay. Yep. So that belief that I'm not going to be cared for 
later yes. attracted people to her and she accepted relationships where she wasn't. Yes. Yeah. So she was getting pieces of the care and yeah. that's why she stuck around. But yeah, we learned to accept that behavior. We learned to, you know, basically, okay, I know how to navigate chaos. Yeah. I'm used to chaos. So we kind of um, almost look for that and intentionally, right? And then we feel uh, familiar around that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another, I work on this with people all of the time. Another way, another indicator that you might be having a toxic relationship with yourself is that you care a lot about what other people think about oh, you. Yeah. That it feels like other people's validation and approval is almost necessary to your survival. So if you notice that you're constantly thinking about how people perceive you or what they might think about you, that there usually is some sort of underlying belief there that I'm I'm not okay. There's something wrong with me. And if other people see it or or I can't mask it in some sort of way, there's going to be big problems. So I want to be very hypervigilant about what other people think of me and try to manage that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think social media brings that up a mm-hmm. lot, right? We compare, you know, I don't have the children yet or I'm not as skinny as her. And I was actually talking to somebody about this uh, the other day, um, a male friend. So on his Instagram, it's just intentionally and just, I think, kind of assumed that males are supposed to look at these women who are beautiful. Like, my Instagram, like, search page is cat videos. That's yeah. all that's there, right? <laughs> I don't see any, like, men without their shirts on, right? Yeah. But males see a lot of that about females. They might be, but if they're holding cats, then that would be totally <laughs> she has Oh, you know what? I, I haven't seen those on uh, there. <laughs> I I so we should look for that? I will look for some for you. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Direct message me. Hot and guys we'll, and cats. <laughs> vacuuming right they have those like males vacuuming yes. without their shirts on yes. like ooh, yes. you know, women are obviously into this um but it sets that kind of precedent of this is what a woman should look like mm-hmm. and we see that too right so this is the female standard of beauty and we start to compare ourselves to that right yeah. i'm not that skinny i don't you know have those long eyelashes and it really makes us feel bad well, and I would say men have that, too, because the whole, like, all of the fitness stuff on Instagram, which True. I'm all for, like, insta- fitness inspiration and all of those kinds of things, is, are can't, if it's motivating to you, that can be great. But if it's something that you use to compare yourself to, to say, I am just not good enough because mm-hmm. I don't have these big arms or abs or whatever, True. then you might be having a toxic relationship with yes. yourself yep because somebody who has a really like healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem can look at those things and say like hey that's really cool that's something I aspire to mm-hmm. versus right. using it as a way to say oh well there's this proof I am not good enough right right, right. This just right more here. stuff in my face about how yeah. I'm not good enough absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so social media has definitely had an impact on that I would even say the media in general I mean I know for my age group a lot of I was a teenager in the 90s and I've mentioned this several times on the show. It was when heroin chic was very popular. And so the standard mm. of beauty was to be very, very thin. You know, mm-hmm. Kate Moss was the top model at that time. Right. Um, and all the Calvin Klein ads. And and so that was the messaging that we were getting. And so when you don't have a body that looks like that, which I would argue probably not very many people do. And it's not truly healthy for us either. Well, no. I mean, yeah. a lot of people who have that body are also struggling with substance abuse issues and that's also not what we're trying to to create in our lives if we want to be happy and have healthy relationships with ourselves but that messaging you know I work with women all the time who had and I had that experience of feeling like wow I you know I could never be thin enough and I work with a lot of women who have had that same experience around my age because that was the messaging that we were receiving at the time 
Yeah, I've had plenty of thin clients, like healthy fit women clients mm-hmm. and male clients just say, I'm not happy with my body. I'm not enough, right? Right. Yep. And it's always interesting because it's people that you feel like are like, wow, they, I don't see that at all. Why would I think that? But right? that, that's but... their reality because that's what, mm-hmm. what they're believing. So, yeah. yes, there's a lot of that right now. What I'm very grateful for in the media, though, is there's more representation of different body types now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I bought a swimsuit from a place called Andy Swimwear. Um, and I, what I loved about their site, which made me want to buy my swimsuit from there is that it showed all body types. There were thin women, there were heavier women, there were women in the middle. Mm -hmm. So that, that I think is really positive that things are shifting in a different direction. Yeah. Cause you know, all of us need clothes, right? And that's just the standard and forward looking. And again, those ideal body types are the only thing on there, right? That's, that doesn't make us feel good. We need someone that looks more like us, the more average body and all different body sizes, right? Yep. So I really appreciate the companies that are doing that. Madewell is another one who I really like, who has a lot of different body type representation. Um, Okay. So if you care a lot about what other people think, that's Mm -hmm. the indicator that you might be having some toxic tendencies in your relationship Mm -hmm. with yourself that doing things like EMDR therapy could help you overcome. Because it really is exhausting and a burden to care what other people think. Here's another indicator. Lack of boundaries. You don't mm-hmm. have good boundaries with other people. So, Michelle, what do you think is going on with someone who has a lack of boundaries with other people? How is that toxic with their if their relationship with self? Great question, Laura. So if we're not enforcing our boundaries, we're letting people in and kind of walk over us that really shouldn't be there. So, A, great job setting a boundary. We have to remember to enforce those. Those are for us. They're not for the other person. It doesn't matter how they react. But often... We, you know, let's say an ex is coming back into our lives. I'm going to do better this time. I'm going to treat you better. Oh, okay. Like, I'll give you, you know, the 10th chance, right? And then you don't have that boundary anymore. They're stepping over that. They're disrespecting that. But for some reason, you're accepting that. So why do you think that is? Why do you think sometimes people will just let people, they have, I mean, we all have boundaries. Whether we enforce them or not is Mm -hmm. is a different thing. But Mm -hmm. every, we all have what is and isn't okay with us. And so we know, hey, this behavior isn't okay with me but I'm going to allow it anyway. What do you think leads to that? Um, I think that one stems usually from the negative self-belief of I'm unworthy or I don't deserve love. So if there's somebody out there who's coming back to us continually, it's like they do love me, right? So it's kind of reinforcing, um, you know, I do deserve love, but I don't deserve great love. And it's a very conflicting experience. But I see that a lot. People, you know, again, holding on to negative relationships because they don't have a positive relationship with themselves. They're looking for external validation, even if it's packaged along with really negative, um, you know, remarks or maybe sometimes physical violence again. again. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, uh, I mean, that's a lack mentality. So there's maybe there's Mm. not going to be another relationship. Maybe I don't deserve something better than this. Maybe I won't be able to find a job as good as this one. Um, you know, so I'm going to have to tolerate this. And like you said, it can be at varying degrees where it could be maybe just like things that are disrespectful all the way on the spectrum to there being physical violence. Mm -hmm. And that really does show you where you are with your relationship with with yourself is how much toxic behavior will you allow in your life? Right. If you allow physical violence, you know, you're probably at a pretty high level of toxic relationship with self. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we may not even realize that, right? Yeah. Um, so that's an important thing, too, about doing this show or letting you know, okay, these are some toxic traits that you can have with yourself. Because, again, a lot of people are blind to that. And I yeah. actually educate them. And I say, you know, this this sounds like it came from earlier on in your life. Like somebody taught you this negative mm-hmm. self-belief. It doesn't just pop in. Or, I mean, sometimes it does. But for the most part, it doesn't just happen. There's something in our lives at some point that taught us that. Yeah, that that. And it could have been in your childhood. It could have been in early relationships, yeah. somewhere along the way. High school, maybe being yeah. bullied. Being bullied is a, a definitely a big one. So if you are allowing behavior into your life that does not work for you, that's another sign that maybe there's a little bit of self-work to do. And that doesn't mean that we you know, are monitoring everybody else's behavior at all the times. Or if you looked at me at the wrong way, I have to have a hard boundary and I will never get over it. It's not about yeah. that. Yeah. But there are things that, you know, if you allow it into, not that we can't have compassion or forgiveness for other people, but there is always a limit. And sometimes when it starts to become unhealthy for you, you probably, you've reached the limit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if we have healthier self-beliefs, it's, you know, I don't deserve this anymore. I deserve to be treated better Mm -hmm. and I'm somehow going to leave. And of course, you know, when we get to a situation where there's physical violence or even, you know, severe emotional violence and, you know, disrespect, like you said, um, you know, it's really hard to get out sometimes yeah. because then it becomes a matter of safety. So we're not we're not dismissing, you know, how difficult it is to leave some really seriously um, negative experiences because there's more to it than that. But, um, you know, I've had plenty of clients that are just in negative relationships and, you know, through counseling or EMDR, they finally find a way in some sort of self-awareness. Like, I, I deserve better. Yeah. You know, reinstalling, reinstalling those negative self-beliefs with positive ones and getting people to a place where they they realize maybe I'm keeping the door closed on other relationships. There are other people out there, even mm-hmm. if I'm going to have to be alone for a while. And then yeah. people actually become okay with being alone for a while and really selecting the best partner at some point. So that's another indicator of having a toxic seems such like a strong word. You've got yeah. a toxic relationship with yourself yeah. or just even having a, a, a semi-negative relationship or negative yeah. relationship with yourself is that you don't want to be alone. You don't mm-hmm. want to be alone with your own thoughts. That is something that indicates that, again, maybe there's a little work that you need to do. There's some things going on in your mind that are making you uncomfortable, and those are things that you can address in therapy. So some examples of that, which sometimes are just regular things that we say to ourselves we don't even realize. Um, But if you're constantly saying, you know, I'm not this or I'm not that. I'm not thin enough or pretty enough or smart enough or educated enough, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, nobody is ever going to love me. That's a pretty, mm-hmm. pretty toxic belief. Yeah. Um, I want to do something, but I won't because I don't believe that I can, it'll ever work out. I want to start my own business or try being in a relationship or do something and I'll go for that promotion, but I'm don't even want to try because I just yeah. don't believe I can get there. That's a great negative self-belief, and I see that a lot, that I'd rather, you know, do nothing. I'd rather not try because, you know, sometimes trying means failure, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to avoid failure, so I just don't try at all. And think of how limiting that is when it comes to our education, our work life, like you're talking about, even relationships, right? It's just going to be bad, so I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, that there's no possibility that I could succeed. That's Mm -hmm. a pretty limiting uh, negative belief. Yep. And then sometimes it gets even meaner. Sometimes the thoughts are really mean. My ideas are stupid. I'm an idiot. I'm not good at this. Um, Nothing good can happen. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. Or the last one, and this is what I see a lot. 
the idea that you just have to hold on to whatever comes your way, whether it's good or bad, because there's probably not going to be anything else. Right, right. Yeah. So the bad, I deserve it, or I'm just going to stick with the bad, because like you said, mm-hmm. right, who else is going to love me? Who else is going to be my best friend? What other job is going to mm-hmm. hire me? And we really get stuck. Yeah, yeah. And I do have to say this, and this has been true in my own life, and I've seen this with clients over the years over and over again. I have never seen anyone close the door on a bad relationship or a bad job or or negative something negative happening on their life in their life, and then that was it for them. Okay. Then nothing else yeah. came their way. Then yeah. it was like, oh, you tried to have good boundaries and self esteem. Well, now you will get nothing. That doesn't happen. It doesn't stay with you, no. right? We no. can we can really help clients heal from that and yeah. learn like, oh, I deserve more. And there will be another possibility on the mm-hmm. other side of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And if there hasn't been one that's shown up yet, if somebody's listening and saying, well, I did it in that bad relationship and a new one hasn't come my way yet, that's probably because there's a little bit more work to do. There's probably mm-hmm. still something going on within your belief system that it could be blocking what yeah. you're trying to create right. in your life. Right. Yep. So Michelle, what do you think what do you think if we just take a little break here yeah. and when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about how EMDR can help with a toxic self relationship. Right. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Holding Ground. This is Michelle, a psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective, and I'm here with the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Laura Richer. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Laura. So we're going to jump into um, a little bit more about how EMDR can help resolve some of these negative self-beliefs, this negative self-talk. So again, I I really like to start with a negative self-belief. I'm worthless, right? 
comes up a lot or, you know, I deserve to be neglected. I'm not worthy of my job. I'm going to fail at my job. My job is so toxic that I'm just going to stay there because it's a big company and maybe I can move up and, you know, working 50 hours a week is a way to get promoted. All very common beliefs here in Seattle. And for our listeners who are just tuning in, Michelle, tell us what EMDR therapy even is. Yeah, EMDR therapy um, essentially um, it comes from uh, an early experiment in the 80s where um, the founder of EMDR, Fran- Francine Shapiro, who's unfortunately no longer with us, um, discovered that when there's the back and forth eye movements, it replicates REM sleep. So REM sleep is when we're trying to um, resolve things that maybe happened in the day. Mm-hmm. Old traumatic experiences can come up. Really anxious um, uh, nightmares can come up like I'm driving an uncontrollable car. We've talked about that yep. in the past, but that really happens a lot. Um, so um, sometimes memories like that or dreams like that get stuck. There's nowhere to healthily file that. So with EMDR, we're replicating the REM sleep with mm-hmm. the back and forth eye movements. Um, there are some other methods that I'll talk about in a second. Um, but then we're filing those memories, the traumatic experiences, the negative self-beliefs, coupling them with positive things. So, um, for instance, Laura, one of the things I would ask you in EMDR is who is your safe person? And that can be a living person, a deceased person, some spiritual figure, anyone that you can really rely on. And then sometimes when I'm talking about the negative experiences, I'll go back and say, you know, what would grandma tell you, mm-hmm. right? What If she was there in that memory, and a lot of times clients will say, oh, gosh, she would have protected me or she would have encouraged me. So then we're filing that memory with grandma, the positive experience that grandma could have created, and then we finally have somewhere to go with that. So um, so it really helps you create coping tools within your mm-hmm, own mind. Mm-hmm. And, and EMDR is considered the gold standard in trauma treatment and is very effective in treating mm-hmm. traumatic memories. Mm-hmm. But all of these practices, it, you know, sometimes it feels like, well, I could be haunted by this forever, but you don't have to be because you, like you said, you can file those memories mm-hmm. in a new way. Yeah. Even if, you know, old memories that we've kind of suppressed or, you know, when, when we can't remember the full piece of our trauma, mm-hmm. a lot of times our mem- our brains are trying to protect us, right? It doesn't want to look at that. Or we file it, file it away in some, you know, sort of folder, like that's where that's going to go. I'll deal with that later. Or that's too hard to or look never. at. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just never going to go there. So sometimes those things can come up and that's really, really good because then we're resolving those memories. And one thing I'll do is, you know, if a client links a memory to a self-belief, one of the first things I'll do with the EMDR, that back and forth move, movement is a float back. So is that really the earliest memory that you remember? And nine times out of 10 clients retrieve another memory from earlier on in their life where they actually learn that belief. And that's what we want to focus on. And we'll resolve some of the other memories. But if we resolve that memory where we first learn that negative self-belief, um, that can really inform us and in going forward, right? And finally filing that memory that informed us that you know, we're unlovable or we deserve bad things. And you can look at the, and it's really important to, in therapy, we're always looking to get to the root of things Mm -hmm. because if we don't resolve it, if we don't take care of it at the root, just like pulling a weed, it's probably just going to come back and manifest in another way. Yeah, I'm trimming this right down, but the roots are not gone. Yeah, Yeah. it's just going to keep going. So we want to get to the root of where the negative self, where the negative self-talk or negative belief started 
And then in doing that, you can start to reprocess it and look at it in a different way. And a lot of times the beliefs that we that are rooted in childhood experiences, mm-hmm. we can look at those from an adult perspective and go, you know, I was eight years old. I, yeah. Of course I, I was good enough. That's ridiculous that I have held on to this belief for such a long time because a teacher yelled at me at school or yeah. I was bullied by somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That And that is really interesting that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. So one of the other things that we do with EMDR, so we talk about the back and forth eye movements, um, but there's other ways we can create that bilateral stimulation. So I think we talked about on other shows, Laura, if I was mm-hmm. doing EMDR with you and we we're doing eye movements, you would have to keep your eyes open you would have to follow my fingers and that can kind of interrupt that memory processing because we want you to close your eyes we want you to be comfortable Um, so um, one of the things I use is actually automatic hand holding back and forth buzzers Um, so sometimes clients are like what's that contraption it's like trust me this is way better so that's doing it automatically you don't have to get nervous about following my eyes or my fingers because that happens a lot am I doing it right am I going fast enough and that really interrupts the reprocessing so I'm glad that you mentioned that Michelle because I have had clients um, who have said yeah I tried EMDR but like the fingers in your face Mm kind of thing didn't really work for me Um, we do, we offer another method that I think is more effective and really allows you to go deeper while still doing the bilateral eye movement, which is the way that you can reprocess the memory. So keep an open mind. If you've tried EMDR before and you didn't get the effects you wanted because somebody was waving Mm -hmm. their fingers in your face, there is a different option. And again, like I said, it's the most effective therapy for treating trauma. And if you have negative self-beliefs, there's some trauma that needs to be addressed. Like we've talked about before, there's very different There's a spectrum of traumatic experiences. It's not just for people who go to war Mm -hmm. and experience combat. It could be, you know, somebody calling you fat in the seventh grade. It could be somebody, you know, your siblings picking Mm -hmm. on you. Things that are very normal, common experiences can still create these memories that we carry with us sometimes for a lifetime. Yeah. And I have seen um, where children maybe have been a little bit overweight. They got really picked on. It was developed into eating disorders mm-hmm. later in life. And yeah. we want to resolve the eating disorder, right, if the clients are ready for that. So where did you first learn that you had to be so thin, you had to restrict yourself from eating? Um, and I like what you, some of what you said earlier. We can look as an adult like, oh, yeah, as an 8-year-old, I was being traumatized. So one thing I'll do with EMDR, I'll say, Laura, um, your adult self knows this. So mm-hmm. go to your child self. What would you tell her mm-hmm. about her experience? How would you encourage her about her, you know, yeah. the experience? And that is really helpful, too. Yeah. Because um, so. we're able to have more compassion usually for that younger yeah. version of ourselves, that inner child that is wounded. You can more so than we can for our adult self. With mm-hmm. our adult self, it's very easy to say, oh, my God, you stupid idiot. This is you've done. You've done this again. Mm-hmm. Or you ate that when you shouldn't have. You, right. You know, There's you, the cake. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, now I'm overweight. Yeah. Right. So it really interrupts how we function you know, later. Right. In life. Yep. Yeah. So EMDR, if you notice that you're really struggling with a lot of negative self-talk, you care too much about what other people think mm-hmm. to the point that it becomes a burden. You don't have good boundaries with other people. Mm-hmm. All good. EMDR. We let bad things in because we think that's all we yeah. deserve. Yeah. yeah. So those are so EMDRs are really effective therapy for that. Hypnotherapy is also. Yeah, I was going to ask about hypnotherapy. Yes. So how do you use that to process these things? So it functions very much the same way that EMDR does, but different therapies work for different people. And so with hypnosis, what we're doing is we want to access 
the subconscious mind. You have mm-hmm. the conscious mind or your conscious awareness, which is everything that you're thinking about right now, what you're aware of. A lot of times we kind of get stuck in a hamster wheel where we're turning over the same information, our oh, conscious oh, mind. Okay. And we almost feel blocked. It's like, I want to make this change, but I, I can't make it. And, and we get stuck in what we're already aware of. The subconscious mind has all of the other information. So everything that you've ever said, experienced, felt in your entire life is stored in your mind somewhere, but you might not have access to it. You've either forgotten it, you've blocked it out, you don't remember it. So the reason it's important to look at that and try to access that information is because even though you don't remember it or you're not aware of it, it can still be influencing your responses and your behaviors. I get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah really so bringing awesome. that information into your conscious awareness, just like in EMDR, can t- help us look at it so we can reframe it and say, yeah. okay, well, that that experience that, that my eight-year-old self had that that cemented in this belief that I'm not good enough, now that I'm aware of that and I can look at it, now yeah, the opportunity to reframe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really important mm-hmm. in these first steps of therapy, whether it's hypnosis, talk therapy, EMDR, right? Yeah. Just becoming aware. Yes. Even talk therapy is a good place to start with mm-hmm. becoming aware of what are some of your triggers and where did they start and what, you know, what are you believing that maybe isn't isn't in your highest interest anymore. Right. Yeah. Things that actually aren't true about yeah. you. And yeah. that's an important thing to focus on, too. So the other thing in hypnotherapy is uh, we give you the opportunity to start to imagine what it is you want to create in your life. So if mm-hmm. I have the experience of just creating what I don't want, it might for me be hard for me to imagine the things I do want. And mm-hmm. when we can't imagine something, we usually can't make it happen. If I if I don't really believe that I can do something, it's not and I can't imagine doing it, it's pretty unlikely that I will create that result. So through the process of visualization, you start to imagine what would it feel like to have an amazing healthy self-esteem? Mm-hmm. What would it feel like if I really loved my body and I was uh, happy with my success or I believed that I could reach for the next level mm-hmm. what would that look like and feel like and when you do that you're just you're you're starting to imagine an out, a different outcome and you just naturally can start moving in that direction because now it seems like a possibility yeah, yeah. that's awesome yeah. um I think in uh, therapy a lot of times people come in and they're like okay the therapist is gonna wave the magic wand yeah. and things are gonna heal but that's actually some uh, technique I'll use in therapy with my clients and not to give away all my secrets here but it would be if you had a magic wand and you woke up tomorrow and things were different what would that look like mm-hmm. how would you know things are better right and that kind of creates that alternate um, kind of future too and like oh okay I would maybe leave my wife or you know something along those lines because you know she's negative and I wouldn't have to feel anxiety or depression anymore and I could finally buy that house or get that dream job right so that's a magic wand even if the client doesn't necessarily believe it it creates that roadmap and you know okay you want these things that's what we're gonna focus yeah. on so yeah yeah exactly and then you can start to imagine it so it gives mm-hmm. you that space and that permission to start imagining it so yeah Michelle well, first of all, I have to say this quote because I love Deepak Chopra and just in terms of being worried about what other people think, which I know is a burden for a lot of people. He says, what other th- people think of you is not your business. If you start mm. to make that business your business, you will be offended for the rest of your life. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that goes to exactly what we're talking about here. If that's your narrative, and I like that you kind of touch on, like, this is our story about ourselves, right? One thing I like to do is narrative therapy. So rewriting your story, but first understanding where that came from. Yeah. So there are some map techniques. There's a lot of writing. And the client kind of comes up with their, you know, new story in that way. So, you know, if we stick with that belief, like he's saying here, right, this will stick with us the rest of our lives. We will be judged. We will, you know, have to flee situations, mm -hmm. those things, right? So, yeah, if we instill those things, we're going to be offended the rest of our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just something you don't have any control over. So mm -hmm. that so, is one of the best things to let go of caring what other people are thinking. Mm -hmm. So, Michelle, do you think that people really believe this negative voice when you have that really, like, strong narrative running through your mind? I'm not good enough. I'm not a successful enough I'm garbage whatever how to whatever degree it is do you mm -hmm. think that they at their core they really believe those things about themselves I honestly do at some points um so people again can believe or even listen to that logical side of their brain like maybe I'm not bad right maybe these bad things happen to me maybe you know a lot of times clients come in and they're like yeah I realize the trauma isn't my fault so that's one of a negative belief for a lot of people like I somehow deserve to be let's say sexually abused mm -hmm. by a parent or I brought this on myself I brought this on myself I did something wrong or that's what love looks like and you know, on that note, not to get too sidetracked, but kids, you know, that's their world. That's what they think is love. That's what they think goes on everywhere. And then, you know, they go other places. They learn things and they're like, oh, you know, this isn't what, what I actually deserve. So sometimes, yes, clients can believe those things. So that difference of, you know, intuitively knowing this isn't true, but emotionally I feel that way. That yeah. is deep down. And they conflict, right? So that emotional side of our brain is kind of like that voice I was telling talking mm -hmm. about. And, like, let's imagine, like, the devil and the angel on our shoulders, right? So the angel's logic. The devil is like, no, 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 that's not true. You're, no, you're not a good person. Mm -hmm. um, so, Laura, I'm wondering if you want to maybe give a personal example from a time in your life um, of where you may have had, you know, a negative self uh, thought, whether it stuck with you or not, where there was an experience where this kind of came up for you. I mean, I'm sure there's several that I could go to. <laughs> uh, one that I use a lot in therapy as an example with my clients because it just has really stood out to me throughout my life. When I started my business, it brought up a lot of fear for me about oh, not being good. good enough, not being smart enough. When am I going to get, how am I going to get clients? Am I stupid for leaving my corporate job where I had good, a good salary and good benefits, even though I hated it? And um, so all of this fear and then a fear of failure, you know, what are other people going to think of me if I try this oh. and it doesn't work out? All of those things. So I remember I have one memory. I was at my apartment and I had gotten so I had a lot of fear about money and being able to make this work. And I had gotten a bill in the mail from a previous apartment that I lived in where like the cable bill. Had, there was a remaining balance on the cable bill or something like that. And it said, you know, late charge, $20. And then oh. it was like a $50 charge. So it was maybe $70. It wasn't a, it wasn't a crazy amount of money. But in that, for whatever reason, triggered me to go, oh, my God. This is just proof that I am not that I'm going to fail. Well, mm. then it wasn't even correlated to like anything happening in my business. Yeah. But because my mind was so fixated on that, yeah. I started to create this narrative around that, you know, oh, I messed up. I didn't pay this bill on time. Obviously, I can't figure this out. And and I could feel the anxiety coming in my body, like coming up in me. I could feel my a physical reaction that I was having. 
Yeah, so I'm hearing in that, Laura, that you missed something, mm-hmm. right? That thought of like, how could I miss this bill, right? Yeah. And honestly, a lot was going on in your life at the time. Sometimes sure. that happens, especially with cable bills. Um, yeah. You know? Well, so, and maybe they didn't even mail it to the right out. I mean, it could have maybe yeah. not even been my fault. I don't remember, but that, that like that trigger was you did something wrong Mm -hmm. yeah right you did something wrong so therefore I'm gonna keep doing things wrong. right yeah sometimes can stick with us fortunately for me I was involved in doing my own therapy at the time and Mm -hmm. so while I could have this really strong reaction at the same time I could go like okay but this is actually the story that I'm telling myself which could always get really crazy to like being alone and homeless and, you know, having no <laughs> Right, it and... goes down that black hole, right? Yeah. I'm going to lose my housing. I, you know, I won't be able to afford groceries, right? right. Sometimes we go there. Yeah. 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 And you have to look at how realistic is that. You know, for me personally, I'm very lucky that that isn't really realistic. I would have to have a lot of things happen to end up in homelessness. Mm-hmm. I'd have to lose all of my relationships, lose all of my abilities that allow me to make money. I mean, it would take a lot to get there. So to go to that dark place is not really relevant to my circumstance. And so it causes anxiety. It's a waste of time. But if you start to become aware of these fears and these these beliefs that you have, I also could have another part of me that didn't, you know, shut the doors of my business because I could also go, okay, well, this is my fear coming up. This is my belief that I might not be able to pull this off is really being triggered right now. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's not really true. I had Mm -hmm. created enough awareness around it to go, this fear is real to the point that it's kind of giving me an anxiety attack. But at the same time, it's not real. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? Have oh. you ever had any <laughs> any negative self-beliefs come into play in your life? Um, actually, I have a great example. <laughs> so I just want to touch on therapists are real people, right? <laughs> Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we, um, you know, just get it wrong. Get it wrong, yeah. right? So um, actually this morning, I <laughs> we get to the radio station pretty early, right? So mm-hmm. I set my alarm for 4 a.m. and I set my alarm five different times. I ask Alexa to wake me up. I have it on my phone. Even Alexa didn't oh, come through? I know. And okay. I, I probably told her, like, you know, Alexa, stop. Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, get out, get out way. I'm still dreaming or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think at some point it was incorporated into my dream. And, you know, that can come up a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm hearing the sound or whatever. I don't know what happened, but I woke up an hour after we were supposed to be here. <laughs> so my first thought was, oh, my God. It's light out. This finally happened. I, you know, I've been afraid. My fear has come true. Yeah, exactly. That and missing a flight. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I, then my second thought was, oh, Laura's going to be so worried. And then maybe I'm going to lose my job. And so we kind of go down that rabbit hole. And I called you and I was, some negative beliefs yeah. were said, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, perfect. I'm not, and we can't be perfect, right? Um, I kind of put can't myself down. We can't say what down. the negative self-belief was on the yeah. radio. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good point, and right? And what did I say to you? I got here, and you're like, Mis- mistakes happen, right? Sometimes this happens, and we're still able to record today. I got here in time for that. Um, but, yeah, it, and you were very soothing, and, you know, I, I don't think you're going to And I said, we're doing an episode on positive self I know. Talk. You gonna- did <laughs> on the phone. You're like, Michelle, you can't see these things. We're going into a neg- uh, uh, toxic uh, relationships with ourselves. And I was like, oh, yeah. But I, w- I was panicking. I was having all of those thoughts right. and the body response right mm-hmm. to the experience. So we're human. We all have these experiences. But again, it's in- interesting to note that like. Something can happen and we can if we have some negative self-beliefs, they will they will amplify everything. So going from, you know, I overslept and made a mistake to 
I'm going to lose my job is actually a really big jump. And it's privileged. I mean, it's possible. It's it's unlikely, right? Well, Laura yeah. is a very sweet, comforting person. <laughs> and, you know, maybe if it was somebody else, right, I would right. they would have reinforced that, yeah. right? And sometimes we learn those things early in life. Like, right. But oh, there's the belief mistake. there, right? Like, I can't make a mistake. And if I make a mistake, mm. there will be a terrible A, a very negative. Con- yeah, yeah. Everything will fall apart, yeah. right? And sometimes so. that's true and sometimes it's not. I mean, depending on the job you do, if you're flying airplanes or, you know, they <laughs> kind of need you to ha- be there, right? Mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So but for us, that's not true. So, so I don't know, Michelle, what do you think? Should we take a little break and come back? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that's a good idea. All right. You're listening to Holding Ground. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing, our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Welcome back to Holding Ground. Again, I am here with Laura Richard, a psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And she's also the founder. We were talking about that, creating her business. And I'm Michelle Mooney, um, also a licensed uh, psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy. So I want to just review real quick um, where you can find us online. So and get a 20 minute complimentary consultation. Talk to us. See if it's going to be a good fit. A lot of clients will you know, talk to several therapists and do that for themselves. But we offer that complimentary. Um, so where you can find that online is anchorlighttherapy.com slash get started. Um, Facebook, um, Instagram, and even YouTube were there. So a lot of, well, we post these shows on YouTube. They're also on podcast platforms. So you can find us a lot. Yeah, and if you are struggling with negative self-talk mm-hmm. or a low self-esteem or a toxic relationship with yourself, which is what we're talking about today, if you're just tuning in, Give us a call for a complimentary consultation because we can probably help you out with that. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So, Michelle, again, what do you think? How do we start making these changes? How can we shift out of toxic mm-hmm. beliefs and and have I mean, the reason why we want to shift out of toxic beliefs is because we want to be happy and have a positive life exactly. experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So where do we start? So again, it's create. Um, it starts with self awareness. So sometimes when clients um, have a lot of negative self beliefs, I'll I actually have a list and I'll go through. It's two pages. So do you feel this right? So. I'll never get married. I, I'll have the same issues as my parents. All these negative self-beliefs. And then we rate those on a scale of 1 to 10. How much do you believe this? And then we know what some of these targets are. So as we go through that list, a lot of clients can be like, oh, yeah, I do believe that, right? I didn't think about that. Um, so, you know, I can never get over this is another one. So, you know, and I think it's important to touch on that we are our thoughts, right? So, again, we 
we feel that way about ourselves and that's how we function in the world because we have all we carry all of those negative yes we're always creating what we believe to be true so if I believe I'm going to have a negative experience on an unconscious level I'm going to do things to create that experience and Mm -hmm. it's and it's not intentional it's not what we want but Mm -hmm. at the same time we have our reality lines up with what yeah, we believe to be true. And that can become a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy. Mm-hmm. So getting into a great relationship and then, you know, it's completely healthy. I don't deserve this. So yeah. we can start to kind of do things to break that down unintentionally, like you said. But it's trying to create that world that matches our thinking, our inner narrative you know what's a really great example of that is people who win the lottery and we see people who win the lottery Mm self-destruct all the time and so they've attracted into their life experience it's really well it ends up sometimes not being a great experience but potentially a great experience but they may they don't know how to be in that in relationship with money in that way it doesn't line Mm -hmm. up with their beliefs about money maybe they've always been they have a real uh, the poverty consciousness. They've always been broke. They always expect to be broke. Their parents were broke. And so when a lot of money shows up in their life and it doesn't line up with what they believe, they they sabotage it. And they often, I mean, have you ever seen the shows about lottery winners? Many of them like lose their fortunes within a very short period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, there's a lot of sometimes even bankruptcy with mm-hmm. lotto winners yeah. because they just spend that money or give away that money or something where, you know, again, it reinforms that belief. I don't deserve this. I, I'm somebody who struggles with finances yeah. and now I don't know what to do with all of this. Right. So I think. And if, if you don't have good boundaries and you have people coming out of the woodwork who all of a sudden you <laughs> need a hey, loan. Yeah. Third yeah. Cousin that lives mm-hmm. in a different state, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. so that's, you know, that's why we want, because all of us want to win the lottery, right? Or I think most of us, like, what a great experience. But if your belief system is not in a place for you to be able to handle that experience, you will sabotage it. And it, will, mm-hmm. it won't be intentional, but yeah. Yeah. it most likely is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing I want to touch on real quick. So, you know, I mentioned we are thoughts. So we can kind of get into a trance where we can become cut off or disconnected from others and ourselves. And we get stuck in that muck. So not being able to connect. Humans need connection. Humans need to feel valued. Humans need to feel love. We need that physical touch. So um, but, you know, this this initial um, negative self-belief or traumatic experience, um, you know, this. We have that function in our brains, right? That let's say a bear is coming at us. We might run away. We might freeze in that situation. That's how our brains are designed to look for issues. But Which we need. It's the survival mm-hmm. mechanism. We right. need to be able to evaluate if there's threats in our yeah. environment. Yeah. yeah. So we, we can tend to look for problems, red flags, um, because that's familiar to us. And that part of our brain, that survival mechanism, actually be, just becomes flooded. And we apply that to everything. It activates and, again, looking for issues that reinform our beliefs um yeah 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 and so and that I think is a good thing to point out is the mind is wired to look for negativity so if Mm -hmm. you have negative thoughts you're just your mind is doing what it's supposed to do Mm -hmm. yeah we but we have to we want to use the mind for good instead of negative so Mm -hmm. you know the mind needs to look for threats in our environment but it doesn't need to be constantly tearing us down, constantly mm-hmm. looking for why we're not enough or why mm-hmm. we're going to fail. And so you have to figure out how to balance that. Yeah. But you're not, if you have negative thoughts, you're not a bad person. You're mm-hmm. a normal person. That's mm-hmm. that's what the mind wants to do. Yeah. We just have to use the mind for our benefit because yeah. sometimes an uncontrolled mind can really 
go off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to touch on real quick. Sometimes, you know, we develop coping mechanisms to either not think about these thoughts. They are really um, harmful. So sometimes, you know, let's say we're overweight. We don't take care of ourselves. We get into a point of like, oh, I'm already here. Right. So I'm just going to keep maybe eating too much um, and, you know, either eating where we're overeating, restricting eating. That can become um, definitely a symptom like we were talking about earlier. Also, substance use, process addictions where, you know, maybe we're spending too much gambling or, you know, maybe we're having too much sex or, you know, intimate relationships with the wrong people. Um, all of those things where we're not truly taking care of ourselves can really come up. Yeah. And so we use those as coping mechanisms to to relieve ourselves from our negative thoughts. But then all they do is create more negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it gets yeah. you stuck in that hamster wheel of mm-hmm. going through the same experience that you want. You really desperately mm-hmm. want to get out of. Yeah. And so, this another side effect that comes out of that is shame. Right. Yeah. So I I am overweight. I'm going to keep eating. And then we feel you know, really crappy about ourselves mm-hmm. later. So shame is the number one thing that really comes out of these beliefs. Right, right. And so using numbing behaviors to manage mm-hmm. them is, while it's effective in the moment, is not effective long-term. Mm-hmm. But what is effective long-term is going to therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're here for you. We're here to teach you and help you along really, uh, the path, right, to your healing um, and clear up those self-beliefs. So once we get over um, the past injuries of trauma, we can really start looking at the future. And this is the fun part. We can visualize the results that we want to create, like we were talking about earlier. So you can imagine what it would feel like to create those results. And again, we're really, um, that's that's where we start with the action item. So um, I don't deserve an education. Well, maybe you do. Okay, I'm going to go back to school. Like yeah. really, really good results come yeah. out of therapy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and who and you know where did you decide that you didn't deserve an education? Who mm-hmm. told you that? Mm-hmm. Or who were they to decide that? You know, mm-hmm. is any of this even valid? So right. really digging in, finding out what the root of some of these things are, so that you can actually look at them and say, mm-hmm. do I even need to mm-hmm. believe this anymore? I don't know of any examples where somebody has formed a limiting belief that is actually uh, offering them some sort mm-hmm. of benefit. Yeah. And I think, again, we want to touch on education real quick again. I started graduate school to become a therapist um, more than 10 years after I graduated from undergrad. I was in my early 30s. And so it's totally, you know, start again if you need to. Laura, you know, we met in a graduate program. I was in my late 30s when I started graduate school. Mm -hmm. I'd been out of school for a long time. But Mm -hmm. yeah, there's you know, and I and I probably resisted going back to school because there was a part of me that felt like I should just keep keep working Same. at this corporate job that I mm-hmm. shouldn't spend money on education. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was rooted in things that weren't weren't true. Obviously, yep. yep. Yeah, we spent that money, and <laughs> so you can change your mind about anything at any time, and you want to be able to change your mind about what you if anything negative that you're believing about yourself. So the book, A Course in Miracles, has a good quote about this. Mm. And it says, seek not to change the world, but choose to change your mind about the world. What you see reflects your thinking. Mm -hmm. And your thinking reflects your choice of what you want to see. Yeah. So again, the mind is always looking for what it believes it's true. If you believe a lot of negative Mm -hmm. things about yourself or about the world around you, you will Mm -hmm. find them. Yeah. And that can come out of physical trauma. So things like a car accident, right? Now the world is dangerous. I'm going to get in a car accident again. Things like that can come out of um, experiences like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it applies to the world around us, not just relationships or one person or one experience, right? It can affect the whole way we look at the world. It's all dangerous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, 
At Anchor Light Therapy Collective, we offer several different therapies that can help you change your negative self-talk. So if you would like to schedule a complimentary 20-minute consultation with either me or Michelle to see how we might be able to help you, just give us a call or go to our website and uh, reach out online and we will be in touch. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Look forward to talking to you. Well, thank you for tuning in to Holding Ground. Next week, we're going to continue our our toxic relationship series and we're going to be talking about toxic romantic Mm, relationships. I think a lot of people will be interested in that. So tune in next week. We'll be here at 9 a.m. Have a good Monday. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.